Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Spirit podcast. Today is episode 32, and in it, we're going to discuss self-acceptance. Now, self-acceptance for me has been a very profound notion and a very profound mechanism really to observe, not only for healing trauma and coming to terms with my own relative life and relative situations and stuff like that, but also as a legitimate pathway to God, to source, to unconditional love, to infinite consciousness. And I think for me, that's really what makes self-acceptance so profound because it's not that you're just accepting an aspect of yourself that is relatively a shortcoming or relatively a flaw. It's that any aspect of yourself like that you accept, you actually accept that as well within the self, which is the universe, because the two are actually the same. So self-acceptance goes much deeper than most people realize. And I think for me, that's what makes it so interesting. That's what makes it so amazing. And we're going to talk all about this in today's episode. So make sure to stick around. But before we get into that, I do just want to say thank you to everybody that has shown me support and love over the past three years. I was reflecting over the weekend and I felt such gratitude and love towards all of you and towards this whole journey I've had making content and making videos. And I want you guys to know that I really do appreciate it. And I really do take my role seriously in the sense that I understand what's happening here. I'm very intentional about it. I'm very clear that what I'm doing is pointing you back to yourself. I'm pointing you back to the love and the truth and the peace that you are. And that's actually why I thought of the this episode was because, you know, I recognized really my own arrogance and my own egotism and I recognized how divinely okay it was. I saw how up to that point, a lot of the time I had been denying or repressing or running away from or ignoring all of those aspects of myself I didn't accept, I didn't like. And not only that, I noticed that all of the judgment and criticism I had for other people was coming from that lack of self-acceptance. And that's when I recognized really the profundity of self-acceptance because the moment you accept it in yourself, you accept that same exact thing in somebody else and vice versa. The moment you accept somebody else's flaws is the moment you accept it within yourself because they're just mirroring back to you all of the stuff you haven't healed all of the trauma you have ignored, all of the baggage you have held on to yet don't want to take care of. And I think that when we get into spiritual work, a lot of the times what happens is that we're kind of blissfully ignorant, right? We don't even know we have trauma. We don't even know we have baggage. And so there is a sort of blissful ignorance that comes from that where it's like you don't know what you don't know. And because you don't know, about all of this stuff uh, that you have, you don't really have an opportunity to dislike yourself. I actually think that a lot of us start disliking ourselves even more 
after we get into spiritual work or after we start reading some of these inner healing books or stuff like that, because we recognize, we, we sort of recognize how much stuff there is. We recognize how deep the ego goes and it shocks us. It, it, it disturbs us. And this really reminds me of that quote from Jesus in the New Testament in the Gospel of Thomas, where he says something along the lines of, um, let, let them seek until they find, and when they find, they will be disturbed. And when they're disturbed, they will rule over the entire universe. And of course, that could be interpreted literally, um, but what I think he actually meant here is I think that you have um, what or what I think he meant is that we all have this intuitive impulse that comes online at some point in life. For some people, it's earlier in their life. For some people, it's later in their life. But this impulse is basically the spiritual call, right? It's this sort of beckoning from the universe for a deeper experience, for a deeper way of living. And somehow deep within your body, you know that you've just been sort of skirting along the surface, right? You haven't been really living deeply. And so you go on a search, right? This is a traditional spiritual quest. And whatever that search looks like, if that's reading books or going to retreats or going, you know, to visit an ashram in India, um, whatever it looks like for you is just your path. But at some point you will find, after seeking, you will find, and when you find, you'll be disturbed. And this is where I think a lot of us can go wrong because when we find, what we're finding is not only how free and how peaceful life is as it is, how this is the kingdom of heaven, but we're also finding how egotistical we've been. We're finding how arrogant we've been. We're finding how really just horrible we've been to ourselves, to people around us, to life around us, and it shocks us. It, it disturbs us. But I think that there's sort of a reality to that where it's like, that's good, you know, because if your own egotism and the suffering you've created for others doesn't shock you a little bit, well, then you're either lying to yourself or you're a psychopath because we've all created, we've all created suffering for other people. We're all arrogant. None of us are perfect Buddhas or perfect Christs. And, you know, you, a lot of us can lie to ourselves even about that, even about the fact that we've, you know, made anyone or made ourselves suffer at all, we can sort of bypass that and go, no, I'm perfect. I don't suffer. Look, I'm happy. I don't suffer. But it's like that's sort of a defense mechanism we're using from actually staring truth in the face and actually looking and, and feeling with every cell of our being the suffering that we've created for others and for ourselves. And we're not feeling it like that in the sense that we're doing it to like beat ourselves up and guilt trip ourselves and go, oh, look at how bad you were. It's just that it it usually shocks you when you see the scope of the ego, when you see the depth of the ego, when you see the depth of the division, the depth of the bias, the depth of the criticism, the depth of the judgment, it really should, it really should make you like shit your pants. Um, and I've had those experiences, some of them sober, some of them on psychedelics like mushrooms, where it has been 
painfully, like painfully, like brought me to to tears. Uh, not even brought me to tears, but made me just absolutely sob. I remember sobbing in my room right here, uh, crying because my parents had gotten me like new clothes for Christmas. And I remember recognizing how ungrateful I had been just for clothes. And it, it, it disturbed me how arrogant and how, and how ungrateful I had been towards all of the blessings that I've been able to encounter in my life. And there was a shock there. And I think that's, I mean, I don't even think I resonate so deeply with that phrase in the gospel of Thomas that to me, that's what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about this deep spiritual call, this deep spiritual impulse and how we won't stop. Our soul won't rest until we contact God. It won't. And a lot of people will, you know, even in this area, they can bypass and tell themselves, oh, well, there's no God or there's no enlightenment. Uh, there's nothing to find. So I should just call off the search. But they call off the search too early because their guru or whoever is telling them, well, there's no search. You're already there. But they don't understand what that means until after they've found it. So if you tell a newbie, you know, you're already there, you're kind of cutting them off from the natural process, which is this sort of search, this sort of looking, 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 looking until it finally clicks for them. And you can't bypass that, which is why I think it's kind of, I think the non-dual, the really modern non-dual neo-advitans that are like, there's no you and any reading is ego and any thinking is ego and any concepts are ego. It's like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're only ego from the perspective of um, this sort of weird cutoff version of awakening where like concepts and thoughts are evil and they're bad. And if you think them at all, you're like, you're not awake and enlightened because you're thinking. And it's like, it just seems like it, it de didn't develop properly. It feels like it's sort of half baked, right? It feels like it's sort of stuck in the level of the intellect, which is why people can be very good at talking about this stuff. Even I can be very good at talking about this stuff at times and not actually feel it or actually live it or embody it. And so I think that we are always looking for ways to bypass a process that ultimately can't be bypassed, even if we want to try. And one of the key aspects of this process is that sort of looking in the face of truth, the amount of suffering we've caused. And when we're able to look fit the truth in the face, uh, truly look it deep in the eyes and recognize um that aspect of self that has just been completely ungrateful, there is an opportunity there for self-acceptance. And uh, like I was saying earlier, I went on a bit of a tangent as I always do, but it's at this moment where I think a lot of us go wrong because we've done the preliminary search for God, for love, for peace, usually out of some sort of, you know, whatever the reason is we went on the search, whether it's because we sort of intuitively know we have tons of trauma and we need peace, or we, you know, intuitively know chasing money and sex isn't going to fulfill us, whatever route we take to get there. Um, there's a moment where we have an opportunity and that opportunity is for self-acceptance. And that's actually the next spiritual step, so to speak. 
Uh, but a lot of us here at this point where we go on the search and then we recognize our egoic ways, um, we do one of two things. So there's really three paths. Uh, the, the third path is the acceptance of all the things we have done and all of our relative flaws that brings a deep peace inside. But the two other ways we sort of deny this or run from this is that we, well, either A, we deny it and run from it. So we suppress it, we ignore it, we try to bypass it, right? So we see all of our arrogant ways. We see all the ways we're egotistical and biased and greedy and selfish. And we go, ah, and we turn away, right? So we know it's there, but we turn away. Um, and then the third path uh, is that, or the other path is that we acknowledge it. Um, we understand we are flawed, relatively speaking, like everyone else. But then because we recognize we're flawed, we guilt trip ourselves even more, right? We hate ourselves even more. And both of those options are just more of the same. And that's what I kind of want to point out to you here is that when you go on the spiritual search and then you find the kingdom of heaven, so to speak, or you contact truth, absolute truth, you contact God, you contact true nature, um, and you recognize how egoic you've been, don't make the mistake of running from that and suppressing it because you won't be able to run from it and suppress it at all. I can almost guarantee you it'll come back with a with a bite. Um, be careful not to do that and be careful not to demonize yourself and guilt trip yourself because you have done those things. Um, because those will just send you further into ego. The The true next step at that point is, is to accept all of those flaws, all of those relative things, whatever they may be. You know, maybe you yell at your parents, maybe you yell at your coworkers, or maybe you're always getting into fights with people, or maybe you're always, you know, you know, <laughs> nobody needs to really tell you the ways you create suffering unless you're, you really are blindfully ignorant to those ways. Um, hopefully, you know, and the more you see the ways you create suffering, the more disturbed you become, the more the opportunity is for acceptance. Now, how do you accept these things? Because you might be thinking, well, Vic, all I want to do is run away from these things I don't like about myself, or all I want to do is beat myself up because I feel so bad about what I've done. Like, I can't believe I did that, you know? And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes you need to feel that way, in my opinion. Sometimes you really need to feel the the depth of the suffering so that you can really get it, you know? And again, this isn't, you're not intentionally beating yourself up. You're intentionally feeling what the other person felt so that you can get a taste of your own medicine, so to speak, and see how bad it is. You can see how bad your medicine is, how poisonous it is, how toxic it is, just by taking a little sip of it and feeling what you've caused for somebody else. And that little sip, that can be enough for you to go, oh my goodness, I want to help. I don't want to be like this. And that's the funny thing about acceptance is that it, there really is no how. The, the acceptance is almost just simply acknowledging that the egoic tendencies and arrogant ways you have and all those ways of being that you act out, that those themselves in and of themselves create enough suffering for yourself and those around you that 
just for its own sake, it's worth letting go of. And you see, that's where the acceptance comes in. So you're not, again, you're not working through this stuff, all those aspects of yourself you don't like by repressing them and sort of going like, oh, I hate that, you know, because that's just more of that sort of self-hatred. It's a lack of self-acceptance when you repress them, but it's also a lack of self-acceptance when you beat yourself up and you guilt trip yourself for weeks and months. You know, again, it's okay to sort of really feel what you did to somebody or feel how you created suffering. You need to, but that's different from berating yourself for months and months on end unconsciously because you feel guilty inside. Um, both of those ways are, lack, are, are a lack of self-acceptance. The only way to accept, accept yourself is to simply acknowledge that there is a better way. And this is where the spirit of the spiritual journey comes into play because you recognize there's always another step to take, right? Like there never is a final destination. And even though right now is the kingdom of heaven, because some of you might be saying, well, Vic, you've told us that there, that this is the final destination, that we are God sitting in heaven. So now you're saying there's a journey we need to go on. Um, it's both. And you see, your mind is dualistic. It wants it to be one way or the other. You either want it to be all perfect and you can just shirk all responsibility for creating suffering for others and you can just sort of be a, a little devil, a little arrogant devil. You either want that or you want to beat yourself up, hate yourself, and continually try to improve this idea of you out of this incessant need for approval from other people. And I'm saying it's neither of those. It, it, it's neither of those images you have. It's what it really is, is it's a healthy combination of both of those where you recognize that this moment is the eternal kingdom of heaven that you have always been in and always will be in. And there's a incredible piece to that. But also you are a human with a relative human life that has relative flaws and relatively creates suffering for people a lot of the times when you get into these certain circumstances or whatever and recognizing that you can heal and work through that stuff while also keeping a finger on the truth that this moment is perfect to me is wisdom and is balance really, right? It's the middle way as... Um, the Buddha taught. And this middle way, this, this sort of way of balance is never an extreme of shirking all responsibility and, you know, sort of childishly and naively frolicking around life as if there's nothing to do and I, I'm a perfect angel and so what? I just burned your house down. I accidentally lit it on fire, you know, this sort of mentality. Um, but then it's also not the other side where it's like, I hate myself, I gotta beat myself up, right? It's kind of like my episode called, um, uh, it's about balance. It's about balancing the absolute and the relative. Go check out that episode because that's exactly what I'm talking about here. And self-acceptance falls right in the middle of those two because it is sort of this recognition that because everything is divinely okay, because everything is already God, it's already divinely perfect, I can be at peace and accept all of these flaws and relative shortcomings I have and all of the things I did in the past when I wasn't as conscious as I am now. But with that said, 
I still see the possibility of it not being that way, of me not creating suffering. And there's just a natural movement within you to evolve in that direction. So this is really the using the divinity and the perfection of the moment as a catalyst for your own spiritual journey, because you're basically God taking a journey within itself, if that makes sense. You are the Godhead. You are the universal consciousness taking a journey as a human within itself. So both of those are true and don't invalidate the other one. They can both be true at the same time. And that, that's what makes it truth most of the times is that there's a paradox around it. It's not black and white. And so on this journey, you can see that, yeah, I'm creating suffering for other people. I'm, I'm, I'm really like really creating suffering for other people because everything is divinely perfect. That doesn't mean that I just don't work on that stuff. It's actually out of the recognition that everything is unified, that I want to work on that stuff. So hopefully you can see that difference there. there there's a big difference between I'm working on the relative shortcomings. I'm polishing the mirror, as Ram Dass would say, of my character um, because I hate myself. <laughs> and I'm polishing the mirror. I'm working on myself because I recognize that it's creating suffering and I want to help. I want to be a, 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 a light in this world, not a black hole that sucks everyone into its toxicity, right? And, and those two are different. They're, they're very, very different things, very different things. And uh, that, that self-acceptance is really found in that recognition uh, that because everything is okay, you can accept those relative aspects of yourself. And as I was saying before, it's the moment you accept those relative aspects of yourself that you recognize of course, I was just criticizing that person because they reminded me of some aspect of myself I haven't accepted yet, right? Like, usually, in fact, I would go as far as saying 99% of the time or even 100% of the time we're criticizing someone, it's not coming from a place of legitimate critique based on wisdom and compassion and a recognition that we are unified it's not coming from that. Usually the criticism is coming from a place of separation, a place of ego that feels threatened, it feels insecure, and that's why it's criticizing. And when you go on this spiritual journey and you find, as Jesus would say, the kingdom of heaven, um, that's what shocks you uh, because the, the, extent, the extent to it is so deep. The extent to it is so mind-blowing. And that's where the moment is to accept yourself. And it's at that moment that you see if this is true for you, it must be true for everyone else that's criticizing me, right? Because everyone that's criticizing me in this sort of egotistical way that's filled with hate and negativity and gossip and comparison, if they're doing that, then that is just them reflecting onto me their own lack of self-acceptance. And so when you accept something in yourself, 
not only do you accept that within everybody else and you yourself stop criticizing them, but you also recognize the reason why anybody criticizes or harshly judges somebody else either. And you go, oh, obviously, it's because they haven't accepted that aspect of themselves. And some of you may say, well, Vic, um, I do form legitimate judgments about the world. Maybe it's about something complex like the Hamas-Israel war. Maybe it's something about, uh, you know, whatever geopolitical situation or life situation. And you may feel like, Vic, I have to make judgments, right? I need to make uh, critiques. I need to have preferences. And it's like, yes, of course. But that can't, again, that can't distract you from looking truth in the face and acknowledging that the world out there you're criticizing in any way is always you and it always will will be. Uh, there is no escaping the truth that any aspect of the world you don't like is ultimately an aspect of the self that you don't like. And you might get confused here and go, well, Vic, um, are you talking my, about myself as an individual or the self being the universal body as a whole? And I'm really talking about both. It, it, it's whatever you want it to be. If you want to look at self-acceptance as simply accepting any aspect of the self, this would be the most spiritually advanced uh, uh, really take on this because from my perspective, uh, that's what it is. Everything is the self and anything I feel even remotely negative towards I'm aware of is simply a negative feeling towards myself because that person literally is me. Um, but that's a very deep recognition to have, a very deep thing to see. So if it makes more sense to you to simply accept all of your relative flaws and shortcomings um, and, and to just sort of work on that level, that works as well. There There is no right way, and that's what's so cool about it is any aspect of any part of the universe you accept, whether it's yourself and your own tendencies or somebody else and their tendencies or something like a geopolitical situation like the Israel-Hamas war, accepting any aspect of any of that accepts that aspect in any of the other things because they're all the same thing. Uh, uh, that's why awakening's crazy because you recognize it all is the self. There's no separation, no division between you and somebody else, between you, somebody else, and the Israel-Hamas war, between somebody else and somebody, somebody else, and some other situation. There's, these are all a play, right? It's all a play in the field of life using the same stage, we could say, and using the same props, which are the same dynamics and polarities and whatevers, and they're just appearing in different scenes. Um, but if you accept the evil bad guy in one scene of this movie, then you're going to accept the evil bad guy in any scene of the movie, even if in a scene it's you and you're the evil bad guy. But, but you see, because you accepted the evil bad guy in the scene of the Israel-Hamas war, then you accept the evil bad guy when you're playing that scene or when you think you're playing that scene. It's just a metaphor. Uh, the, 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 the stage in the theater is analogous for life and the props 
in the characters are analogous for the sort of archetypes and motifs we see throughout our life, right? Like usually you encounter people and they're like the same as the person before, not in the sense that they have the same personality, but they have the same sort of egoic structure. And when you accept that, you accept all of it in any person anywhere, you know? If you have like an anger problem, for example, and you outburst in anger at times and you accept that within yourself, well, anytime somebody else outbursts in anger, what you're going to know, of course, because you've accepted it within yourself is like, ah, oh, yes, I, I went through that. I know that. And I can accept that within you when nobody else will. When everyone tells you how evil you are and how much of a bad person you are because you yell at them, I'm going to actually be able to show you love because I understand, I understand, I acknowledge it. Um, and this is really why acceptance is acknowledgement. And that's why, you know, Jesus, when he was being pinned to the cross, said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And why that quote is so profound is because he accepted the self totally. He accepted evil and negativity and ego so totally that it completely healed it from his view of the world. There, there, he literally loved hate and negativity so much that it ceased to exist for him. Now, contemplate that. You know what I mean? Like, that is the most profound sort of example of what we're talking about here is an example of somebody being literally pinned to a cross and yet accepting it so deeply because he, he's accepted himself so deeply that all he sees is love. I mean, this is what Martin Luther King Jr. did. Uh, hate cannot drive out hate, only love can. He understood this self-acceptance principle deeply as well. He knew as, you know, a, a black man sort of trying to change our cultural views around skin color that I can't sort of win in the in a sense, not that he was trying to win any competition, but I, I can't be successful with this profound intention I have to unify us if I'm egotistical, if I don't accept in them the ego that I, of course, have in myself and vice versa. Like Martin Luther King, whether consciously or unconsciously, he like, he knew that. He knew that there had to be an acceptance of it for there to be a change of it. Uh, there is no possibility for change without acceptance. And this is why often for people that are addicted to substances, the hardest thing for them to quit is not um, the substance, it's simply the acceptance of their use of the substance and the acceptance of the trauma, which is fueling the use of the substance. Because of course, it's never the substance that's the problem. It's just the person and their psychology and their psyche. And so really what we're talking about is not a self and a universe and a person and some other situation. We're talking about the self which is what you've always been, and any ego or negativity or division you accept in any aspect of the self accepts it in all aspects of the self. And that's why spiritual work is 
It's groundwork. It is the foundation for everything you do in your life. You can't get any more foundational for that. And of course, this is simply another way of saying that you dissolve any and all boundaries. Go check out my episode, True Spirituality, The Dissolution of All Boundaries. That ties in really well here because the acceptance or the acknowledgement of the divinity of the ego in the universe in any way is acceptance of that within yourself. And this acceptance, again, can only truly come from seeing and looking clearly and being disturbed uh, by our own ego. Because if you think you can bypass your own stuff and just love and accept everybody else, that won't work either. Um, because, well, it, it, let me rephrase that. It's not that it won't work. It's that there, you can't truly, like, truly accept it in somebody else unless you accept it within yourself and vice versa, because that's what truly accepting it would be. You can sort of trick yourself, I would say, and, you know, tell yourself, oh, well, like, I accept them, but, like, deep down you're really, like, mad at them or whatever because you're trying to uphold this version of spirituality or whatever um, where you go, oh, yeah, I love everyone you know, I love everyone. I accept them all. Um, but deep down, there's still shadow aspects of yourself and boundaries and whatever you have yet to dissolve. I don't know. Um, you know, like I said, in the beginning of the episode, I'm walking this path with you. It could be any of those things. I don't know. Um, uh, you only you can know if you've truly accepted the self. And <laughs> that's also why this is so profound is because you can't lie to the self because the self is you. The self is watching you every moment of the day, so to speak, uh, because you're watching you and you know if you are denying or repressing aspects of yourself still or not. Um, and when I say you know, uh, that also includes subconsciously know. Like it's just sort of a faint intuition or a faint conscious voice. It might not be like you can verbalize it, but um, only you can know those aspects of yourself you have yet to accept. And I can tell you right now, if you are adamantly criticizing people and adamantly getting in fights and you enjoy it and you like enjoy creating chaos, there's probably some hidden thing that you have yet to accept where you would recognize um, the suffering that you're creating and that sort of recognition of the suffering, as Jesus said, would disturb you enough for you to just want to stop doing it. And so just look at your life. This is why everyone's path is different. Um, and only you can know truly if that self-acceptance has really reached a deep enough level because there, there's levels, you know, like you can just say, oh, that's just how the world is, you know, but like that's, that's fake. That's fake acceptance. You know, that's like you looking at a starving kid in Africa and going, ah, oh, that's just how it is. You're not, you're not actually feeling it. And, and this is why spirituality, it has to be embodied. It has to be felt. It has to be felt with your heart. The, the actual love has to be felt. Um, and if you have a bias against spirituality, then that's going to be really hard for you because at some point you will have to feel, you will have to love, you will have to accept with your emotions and not just your head where you can sort of segment stuff off and hide from stuff. 
And um, if you've demonized spirituality or you, you think it's dumb, uh, the sort of soft work that is required where you have to open your heart and love stuff is going to be very difficult for you. And that's why a lot of people avoid it, actually, is because they, they're afraid to love or they think it's like not manly or they think it's like woo-woo or whatever. And it's like the thoughts don't matter because the dissolution of the boundary and the love that's felt is the sort of green flag that spiritual transmutation has happened. So it has to be felt, it has to be accepted and not in this nonchalant way of like, yeah, that's just how the world is, whatever. We'll just like keep doing our thing. Like, it's not like that. It's like, wow, you know, I, I, I couldn't imagine being a kid starving anywhere, not even in Africa. And, and it hurts you and it disturbs you. And it's from that disturbance, if you're not a psychopath, that you, you accept yourself deeper. Um, and it's just that this notion of acceptance, I don't want it to get caught in your head because it, it, it's, it's really a felt mechanism. And, and that's why it leads you to God, which is, of course, unity. And that recognition of unity, that recognition of interconnectedness and love can come from a deep self-acceptance, self a, deep, a deep acceptance of all of the relative things you don't liked that is informed by a recognition of the perfection of the universe. So this is what I was kind of saying earlier where maybe you have had an awakening and you recognize that you and the universe are one and that's real for you. Maybe you have heard me talk about it but you still don't understand it or maybe you've never heard that at all. Regardless, wherever you're at on your path, self-acceptance is applicable. Like you can accept something right now and maybe this is the homework I'm going to give you after this video ends. Don't start another video. Don't start another podcast. Sit and accept an aspect of yourself that you have been denying or repressing or that you don't like about yourself and really get in, in, in touch with the truth that the fact that that exists at all is divinely okay because if it exists at all, it has a place in the universe. You know, even if it is something very horrible, like you like, you know, your partner broke up with you and you set their house on fire. I hope you didn't do that. But if you set someone's house on fire, notice that in some weird way, that's divinely okay. And at the time, if you would have known then what you know now, you wouldn't have done it. And you can see how you wouldn't have done it. And there's a piece in that because you see how it's just ignorance. And it's also from that perspective that you can see anybody else's egotism is just ignorance too, because nobody consciously, intentionally, wisely creates suffering for themselves and people around them um, in unnecessary manners. You know, you know, maybe sometimes there's a point in life where you need to like take a step back and it makes life harder and you, you know, you have to move to a smaller house or whatever. And that might be suffering in a sense, but I mean like the sort of needless egoic suffering of like, you know, you, you just pick fights with people for no reason. And instead of trying to see their perspective, you always try to like dismiss them and denounce them and prove them wrong. It's like that thing um, 
It's that thing that you can recognize you were only doing because you were ignorant and you would never do if you were conscious. And this is why conscious beings almost never do stuff like this is because they're conscious. And because to be hateful, to be egotistical, to be negative in a sense is to be unconscious. It's to be lost in the spell of the ego. And you can actually have some sympathy and empathy for that in other people. Because if you've ever experienced that, which you have, don't lie to yourself and say, oh, I've never been egotistical. I'm a saint. <laughs> uh, we've all experienced it. And we all know how, how it can just sort of take us, right? It can sort of just grip us and turn us into these monsters, right? These dark, dark, dark versions of ourselves that are by no means the truest authentic versions of ourselves. They're just some twisted, distorted version of ourselves that's lost in an illusion, lost in a fake belief, a fake thought, a misinformed emotion, a misinformed perception, whatever it is. But it doesn't matter because you see that it's, it's sort of fundamentally innocent. And you can see that within anybody that acts evil, there is a, a sort of lost child that has forgotten what they are as this unified being. And so I think you'll find as you accept yourself deeper, as you accept others deeper, that it leads you to unification because what you're doing, as I said in the true spirituality episode, is you're dissolving boundaries. You're unifying self deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And when you're doing that, uh, you're awakening further and further and further, you're awakening deeper because you're awakening to just how interconnected everything is and not how interconnected everything is, but really how everything is the self and how that's what you've always been and how it's just a seamless unified whole. Um, and, and, and it's within that, that you can find peace and keep walking this sort of um, journey that we're walking for fun within this eternal kingdom of heaven. And you can use that acceptance uh, to inform your path and to inform your life and to help you in a myriad amount of situations where somebody's criticizing you and you feel like, why are they so obsessed with criticizing me? You know, why do they always want to prove me wrong? And then you go, oh, like I understand. They're just, that's just some thing they have, some egoic thing they have. And I actually wish them the best because I have accepted that within myself and I've seen how much suffering that I've caused with that same sort of mechanism. And so because I see it in them, I accept it in them and there's a deep peace there. Even when someone's harshly criticizing you for no reason and sort of gossiping about you, you can actually like love them. And, and that's what Jesus understood on the cross uh, deeply, profoundly. I mean, imagine someone you don't like accepting them. And now imagine that person killing you, pinning you to a cross, and you, you love them deeper than anybody's loved them in their life. That is how deep self-acceptance goes. And that that's profound. That's profound. So, I hope this helps. I hope the notion of self-acceptance is a, a cool little tool to add to your spiritual toolbox. And just another way to look at this work that we're doing, because really we're, we're talking about the same thing from different angles. We're talking about boundary dissolution from different angles, but self-acceptance just has such a, a good flavor to it that I think we can all resonate with 
because we've all had moments where we've finally accepted an aspect of ourself that we've been sort of fighting, you know, we've been at war with it. And there's such a freedom, like it literally feels like a breath of fresh air has just been breathed into you because you've let go of this battle. You've let go of this war that you created yourself to begin with. And there's sort of a cosmic joke in that, um, but there's always a cosmic peace in a cosmic joke. Just like laughter always makes us feel good. It always makes us feel at peace uh, because there's sort of a connection there between um, the reality of our existence and the sort of dark imagination of what we are and what our life is that our mind so easily tends to come up with. But uh, either way, self-acceptance, as I've been saying, it is very profound and can lead us to very deep uh, levels of healing, of integration, and ultimately awakening. And so I hope this video helped. If it did, please leave a like for me and rate the podcast. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it helps it reach more people. And if you're interested, you can come check out the website. Uh, we have the forum there. It has a bunch of different sections where you can talk to other people, uh, including me, and ask questions and discuss things. I'm really uh, looking forward to more discussions there. It's an open place. You can just create an account, get a little profile pickup, um, and just converse with people. It's a really awesome spot to go if you have a question that you can't really ask anyone around you. So uh, that's the forum, pursuitofspirit.com slash forum. You can also check out my book list. That's the list of some of the most obscure books. Some of them are behind me. Uh, some of the most obscure books you can find regarding spiritual work, books you would have never heard of from like, you know, a, 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 uh, college, whatever, uh, or a, a, a library. These are books that are like obscure. Uh, and so go check those out. Cause there's some really incredible books there. I think you guys will like, and then if you're interested, you can check out the guided meditations. That is my sole product. I sell, um, it, it's, uh, they're $24 and there's three meditations in there. I'm looking to add more sooner. So it's just more, uh, worthwhile if you want to invest in that. Um, but yeah, all of that stuff's on the website. Come check that out. And as always, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope this, this message of self-acceptance resonated and I hope you can see how any amount of judgment, any amount of clarity in your life or, excuse me, any amount of judgment, any amount of criticism in your life is coming from a lack of clarity, a lack of acknowledgement, a lack of acceptance. And the moment you accept yourself um, or accept the self, whether that's somebody else or literally yourself, it really doesn't matter in that way. Um, you're healing that on the other side of the coin. And you're healing that in such a way that you will find you stop judging, you stop criticizing, you stop all this sort of egoic stuff tends to calm down um, because you stop seeing it out there and you stop seeing it out there because you healed it here. Um, and vice versa, you know, you, you heal it out there and you stop seeing it here because you healed it out there. You know, like maybe you saw why somebody was criticizing somebody else and you saw it was because they were hurt and felt attacked and you just accepted that whole thing. And then it, it makes you realize, oh, that's why I do that. And then you accept it there. And there's just this beautiful unification uh, that comes from 
self-acceptance. So I hope that helped. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.